I love that George comes at this. He goes through a lot of different things, and it's a wonderful life. And I probably like that because it's hugely authentic to our lives, right? We go through ups and downs and sideways and upside downs and, and turned up, to up and over and hung by our feet, right? Eden, do they do that with you, hang you upside down? I know your daddy, so I know that happens. <laughs> it isn't always clear what path we're supposed to take. And what we want to do doesn't always line up with what we are called to do. And then we inject what God wants for us into this whole thing, and things begin to really get muddled up, and, and we start to evaluate things from a completely different worldview, one focused on serving and on how do we impact the world and how do we impact our community, focused on love first, right, and love last and love <laughs> in the middle. Uh, love is big, and that complicates our already complicated lives. See, George was, was anticipating an exciting life of adventure. I'm going to go, and I'm going to go see Paris, and I'm going to go travel, and I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to do all of these things, and that's going to happen. It wasn't going to come if he stayed in Bedford Falls. If he stayed there, he wasn't going to get it. He had urgency. He had desire. He, he was going to make it happen. He was going to move into this life. He had this picture. Anybody have a picture? I'm going to go do this, Right? And that sense of anticipation is what Advent is all about. We, we anticipate the return of God. We, we look and we are happy and we are grateful for, for him already coming and, and the Christmas story and Jesus came and died for us and, and it's just an amazing story, but he's also coming back. And whether you're anticipating the coming Christmas where we celebrate the, the already, the, the Jesus already came, the the, the manger and the, and the wise men, and if that's what you're anticipating, and, and that's great, but there's another part to the story because he's not through with us. Did you know that? Yeah, he's still, yeah, well, we're, we're all works in progress, right? He's going to come back. There's an expectation of that, and that's what we're called to in this season, a recovery tenant. Is, most of you all know I'm, I'm recovering, and a recovery tenet that is this, that you will find what you look for. You will find what you look for. If I focus on the problem, the way it's written is, if I focus on the problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the solution, the solution increase, increases. Where I focus is where I am, where I look. Are you looking for bad things? Guess what you're going to find? You got, is there bad things going on in our world? Is there plenty to get wrapped up into where we never see anything but bad things? Amen. What if we start looking for good things? Any of y'all following the Facebook page? What is going on there? What are you seeing? Isn't it amazing? God is still here. He's still changing lives and transforming lives. And you look through all of these stories. And I don't know how many there is, probably 30 or 30 plus at this point of just people that are just loving people, just loving on people. You know, God is still at work. And in this season, it's important to realize that tenet, that you're likely to find what you look for. We need to grab hold of that. Where am I looking? What am I looking for in this season of anticipation? 
because people are still having the courage to love people regardless of who they are. The theme for today is hope. We have hope that God's kingdom will be established here on earth, even in the midst of life's imperfections, even in the midst of the things that go on because of the presence of Christ with humanity. Arbor Point Church is a group of imperfect people following Jesus. We follow the one who is perfect. That happens to be Jesus. We recognize, we actually embrace this idea, actually this reality, that we are all imperfect. Anybody in here perfect? Let me know. Okay, so we're still good. We embrace the reality that we're imperfect as we seek the one who is perfect. And we do seek to follow his footsteps. We do seek to do right and to do good and to become who he's called us to be. At some point, the church, the big C version, and, and I don't know when this happened. I don't know what created it. But we began to deliver a message to people. And it wasn't a spoken message. It was we've always said, come as you are. But there was an unspoken underlying that you should come to church, but you needed to get it together before you came. You have to dress right. And you have to look right. And you have to talk right. And you have to be right. If you want to be accepted, you need to align with things that you don't know yet because you're not here so that you can come and hang out with us. And I don't know when that happened, but that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. And don't miss, I do think we bring our best to church. I mean, we're coming to worship the creator of everything. You know, we bring our best to church. But come, just come. There's not a lot of prerequisites to come and get yourself together before you get here. You know, God is going to work in your heart and change things and draw you nearer to him. The church was always supposed to be a hospital for sinners, not a warehouse for saints. It's always supposed to be that. And that's who we are here. And that's what we want to be here. And if I'm being blunt about Jesus, he spent most of his time not sitting in the church. He spent most of his time out in the community. He went out to populations that they didn't like, that, that, that the Pharisees and Sadducees and the church people of the time didn't particularly care for because they didn't have their lives together yet. Jesus went to them. That blunt part, it, when he came to church, you know what he usually did? He chastised them. You know? My brutal viper. It, it just all, you know, don't, you're not doing things. You're messing things up. And so one of my questions for us, and I know we're getting close to 2020. You know, a long time ago, gosh, 10 years ago, a long time, I guess. Ten years ago, uh, the church I was at at that point, we had a Vision 2020, and I'm kind of curious. I'm going to have to call them and see if they're still looking at Vision 2020 that we did. 2020's coming, though, right? How do we get into our community to impact lives? How do we get into this community of ours to impact lives? How do we do it? We got the, we're doing it in different ways. But how do we do that? How do I do that? How do each of us do that? How do we as a congregation get into this community? Because it seems that if we're going to be following Jesus, then we got to get outside of the walls. This is a, it's, it's an awesome thing. We, we need to be ready here, right? But we got to get outside and get to them. How are we going to get out into this community to impact lives? What are we going to be about? How are we going to do that? My view of the church, my view of this place, the building, not us, because the church is who? That's right. We are the church. We are the church. There's a song, isn't it? (laughs) We are the church. 
my view of the building and the facilities and all of that is that we are to be a launching pad. A launching pad. This is the place that you come to be equipped to go into our community so that we can have an impact. This is critically important. Sunday morning is critically important as we go. It's been a long week, right? Let's get in here and let's worship God and go, whoo, you know, love you, Jesus. Come on, impact us so that we can get, get ready to be launched back into this community. Launched. Be equipped. It's why we do the grow groups and those kind of things. It's why we want, uh, you know, all of the things that we do to get us prepared to tell the story of Jesus, to witness to what, who he is, what we have seen, heard, and experienced of God, and simply share that with this community of ours. And let him do the rest of the work, because he will. We need to be equipping people to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, which is the United Methodist Mission. But we also have that great commission, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all things that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you when? That's right. Surely I'm with you always and in always to the end. Isn't that amazing? God promises that we are not alone. So when we go into this community of ours, when we show up, then he works through us and, and lives are impacted. It's not up to us, except that we need to get out there and be willing. Be willing. The Holy Spirit will do the work. And this is what the thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven part of Advent is, a, is about. The kingdom is now. You say yes to Jesus, you know when you enter into the kingdom? When you at that point. Now you're a kingdom liver. You know, now your life is a kingdom life. Christ lives in our hearts. We do anticipate his return, but, but he's with us. And because of this, we want to see others come to know this amazing God of ours and to worship him and to walk with him and to be with him. And this is where that sense of urgency, and I know it's been 2,000 years plus. No, not yet, almost 2,000 since he, since he went to heaven, since he resurrected and, and broke the bonds of death. And I know that after a length, that length of time, there's a tendency for urgency. Well, I got more time because he's not coming today, right? But what if we lived like he was coming today? What would that do? First passage for today, our passage, primary passage is out of Isaiah 11. It says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Think about that. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist, the wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. We love kids. We learn so much from them. They worship different from us, but they're still worshiping. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like the ox, the infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. 
What a great turn of phrase, right? How much water covers the sea? All of it, right? Isn't that a great turn of phrase? As the water, I'd never seen that until just now. Reading, I've read this twelve times this week. <laughs> the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, even to the bottom of the ocean. Teresa, there's water there. In that day, the writ of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. This is what. This is the anticipation. This is, you know, this was not a hat, by the way, for the people of Israel when, he, when Isaiah was hanging out with them, when, it, when he, I'm sorry, when Isaiah the prophet was speaking thus to the people of Israel, <laughs> when he was hanging out with them, the, um, the Assyrians were encamped across the border. They were, they were ready to come and destroy Jerusalem, carry the people away into captivity, a common theme for the, for the Israelites. The, the tree, this, the stump of Jesse, Jesse was David's dad. And so there was a Davidic covenant, and there was a covenant that God had, had, had with King David, and now it's down to a stump because of the actions of the Israelites. What grows out of a stump normally? Not much, right? You cut a tree down in the stump there, and there's not much, you know, you might get a, yeah, a little, what's it called? A sucker, a sprout, whatever, yeah, a sprout thing, but there's not much, <laughs> not much. Uh, the full tree doesn't go, oh, I'm going to grow back normally, right? Did you know that the tree that we're talking about here has come back in full in Christ? But they were in despair at that time. Isaiah was looking for something very surprising to grow out of this stump of Jesse. Something amazing was going to come. What expectations for this child that he talks about here. He didn't know who it was, but you know, we do. Because he came in Bethlehem. And Isaiah paints a vivid picture of what he was waiting for. He was looking for the coming of someone who would be so filled with the Spirit of God and therefore full of counsel and of might, of knowledge and understanding. He'd put an end to all the wickedness that was around and the wickedness that was coming. Two things would characterize that one, righteousness and faithfulness. He will not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And righteousness in the Old Testament often referred to making sure that the poor and the disenfranchised got their share. It had to do with, with those who, with the have-nots being, being supported and helped. And that doesn't happen as much in our world today, but Isaiah's expectation and it was an eager expectation as he envisioned the coming of the Messiah was that righteousness will be the girdle of his waist. The poor are going to be provided for. Those who can't speak for themselves will have their needs taken care of. The wicked who take advantage of the poor. And there was scripture after scripture. And these are just a couple that, that speak to take, don't take advantage of the poor and the weak. And they're going to not be found in the land anymore. They're going to be done away with in this period that Isaiah is writing about faithfulness. All this comes about according to Isaiah's expectation and vision because faithfulness is the girdle of his loins. Faithfulness is not just his own agenda that the one that he's talking about is faithful to. It's not just his agenda. It's God's agenda. It's God's agenda that he sticks to, and Jesus did. Jesus stuck to God's agenda to the end of his life. He stuck to it all the way to the end, to the very, very end. And 
for Isaiah, that one expectation in that passage gives rise to another. He sees a world where justice and righteousness prevail, not just occasionally or for a brief time, but everywhere and always as the lion lays down with the lamb. Oh, it's one thing to the next. The, the, the wolf dwells with the lamb. The leopard lies down with the kid. The calf and the lion, the fatling together, the little child shall lead them, not our normal normal world today. A little child will lead them. All of these things are going to happen because a child doesn't lead a wolf and a lamb. A child doesn't lead a, a leopard and a baby goat. Can you imagine Eden walking up to a lion? Freak you out a little bit, right? <laughs> a dog with teeth that are a little bigger. <laughs> walking up fearlessly. Or putting their fist into the ground, as the passage says, where there are venomous snakes. And being okay. No danger, right? They shall not harm or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. And with expectations like those about the one who would come, it was no wonder that Isaiah could hardly wait a sense of expectation, anticipation. We today still have those same expectations, right? We're waiting. Come, come, Lord Jesus. We, we have those same expectations for the coming of the child born in Bethlehem. We see his con- we've seen his concern, right? We went through the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons and daughters of God. He remained faithful to the mission from God, not just when it was easy and popular, but even when it was not, it's who Jesus was. And as Christmas approaches, what are you anticipating? Does that little baby in the manger excite you? As it did, I say. When I was writing, I, I, I hit this point, and I was like, you know, it's obvious the anticipated answer is yes. And then I went, hmm. Is that true just because it's supposed to be true? Or has that anticipation changed to something else? Even in anticipation of heaven. And that took me to a story that's a common sermon illustration. I haven't used it, so you're going to have to indulge me. Teacher asked this class, how many of you want to go to heaven? All the hands went up. How many of you want to go tomorrow morning? <laughs> no hands went up. And then another question. How many of you would like to wake up tomorrow morning and discover a world in which the poor had plenty and all the hungry had more than enough to eat and there was no war and there was no one suffered injustice and the Israelis and the Palestinians happily shared the land and all fighters had laid down their arms. Prejudice and bigotry in America were a thing of the past. How many of you would like to wake up tomorrow to that kind of world? Yeah. Well, that's Isaiah's vision. That's Isaiah's vision. That passage, that's what it says. All of our stuff that we, that we wrestle with, all of the stuff is taken away. And that expectation should excite us, should excite us. We wor- as we worship the child who's born in Bethlehem and long for the coming kingdom, the already and the not yet.
George Bailey. Spoiler alert. Never made it out of Bedford Falls. <laughs> he never got the anticipated future that he had his heart set on. He got something very different. But somewhere along the line in his life, as, as in that movie, as he started to get to the end, he lost his sense of urgency. And with that sense of urgency, he lost his way and stood ready to jump off a bridge. And this can happen to us. We can lose the sense of urgency that Isaiah writes about with the passing of time. But I challenge you, and I challenge me too, because I have the same thing that can happen in my life. In this season of Advent, to work hard at not losing sight, Jesus could come back today. Who out there might miss out on heaven and eternity with us because we don't share him? I just hope that we work hard on the, seeing the importance of expectation the importance of urgency, and the importance of passion. Even as we wait, even as we watch. And I know that's very different. But it's what we're called to, to shine your light. Shine your light. All around you. Tell the story of God that's going on now. And may we seek to be the people that this song speaks to. Some of y'all probably know it. Feel free to join in. But hear the words. It's a plea. It's a proclamation, really. I don't want to hear anymore. Teach me to listen. I don't want to see anymore Give me a vision That you could move this heart To be set apart I don't need to recognize The man in the mirror I don't want to trade your plan For something familiar I can't waste a day I can't stay I want to be different, want to be changed, till all of me's gone, all that remains is a fire so bright, the whole world will see, there's something different, come and be different in me. I don't want to spend my life stuck in a pattern. I don't want to gain this world lose what matters. So I'm giving up everything because I want to be different, want to be changed till all of me is gone. 
All that remains is the fire so bright. The whole world will see there's something different. Come and be different. I know that I'm far from perfect. Through you, the cross still says I'm worth it. So take this beating in my heart and come and finish what you started. They see me, let them see you. Cause I wanna be different, wanna be changed. And all of me's gone, all that remains is a fire so bright. The whole world will see there's something different. Come and be different, wanna be different, wanna be all of me is gone all that remains is a fire so bright the whole world will see there's something different come and be different i want to be different could you be different in me be different The way that happens is the next song. Please stand. 